Sherlock, and they go like, it's, it's, they, they say something, they rattle off some crazy mystery, and then Elmo, and then Cookie Monster goes, yes, but it sounds highbrow because me British. And... <laughs> yeah, after Elmo points out that the resolution doesn't make any real sense. <laughs> and I think they had to take it down because I cannot find it on YouTube. You know why I bet they took it down? Better cover batch? No. Uh, because what else do they parody in that video? Um, Sherlock, True Detective. And House of Cards. Oh, shit! <laughs> no! And ha having Elmo play... <gasps> oh, my God! Because of Elmo's troubles. And oh, then, my God! And then the troubles with with House of Cards. Oh, my word. I never All the heard troubles. that. Together, so like Elmo is plays Frank plays Underwood. Frank Underwood. That's unfortunate. It's yeah. very unfortunate. So I think that's why I think Nick is right. I think that's right. why you can't find this video anymore. Yeah, because it's a great, but otherwise it's a hilarious video. Yeah. All right. Um, and their parody is very solid of House of Cards. Well, welcome everyone. Oh no! Is this episode really gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. start with me and my Cookie Monster? Voice? Yes, it does. <laughs> so uh, welcome, thank everyone. Alex for that. Thanks, uh, Alex. You're welcome. Damn it. <laughs> Why do we still invite you over? <laughs> I, I always inconvenience your life to its fullest, and I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Are you? I, I think it's fine. <laughs> I'm not inconvenienced. Welcome. Our, our lives are a sitcom, y'all. You have you have no idea. <laughs> but welcome back. Not uh, a very good sitcom. <laughs> we are some nerds of a podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And we're talking about Cookie Monster, I guess. Yeah. And I'm yeah. eating my dinner. <laughs> Real professional here. It's 8.24 in the PM, and we're talking about God Sesame Street. God, we are starting this so late. So oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a short episode. I'm just going to say that, like, right uh, off the bat. Because um, we are we got around to starting, like, super fucking late. Yeah. And I, we're so professional. So happy Pokemon Day, everybody. Happy Pokemon Day, one and all. Yeah. So do you want to jump in and start talking about Sword and Shield? Uh, attack and Protect. This has actually been like a really big week for Pokemon because yeah. yesterday. The, the the second Detective Pikachu trailer. Which That's I right, it did. so here for. Mm -hmm. I am right. so excited. I don't, I I like that that Detective Pikachu says hell in that trailer. Yeah. I can't <laughs> remember the, the hell out of here. Yeah, give me the hell it's out of here. because he has to fight the Charizard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like it, but on the other hand, it's like, this ain't your dad's Pokemon. I think it's more like um, we could have had Danny DeVito. I still like. I still kind of want Danny DeVito. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I know Ryan Reynolds is, is going to do fine. He's going to be great. But come great. on. I, I am super excited, personally. Um, Me too. Every part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say. Mewtwo's in it. Yeah, apparently. Spoiler alert for a trailer. For, spoiler Mew alert for a trailer. Mewtwo, Mewtwo looks is, weird. The Mewtwo only looks weird. Mewtwo looks like a stand. Yeah. <laughs> looks like, um, I, I think it's a one of the. I don't know. I can't remember. It's one of the stands from Part Four, but it looks like a, a big pink naked man, and Pe that looks like Mewtwo. <laughs> People were talking about how, um, how they're able to do the the CGI with this so consistently so, yeah. well when they can't get um, Will Smith to be the genie yeah. in anything that doesn't look like the Blue Man oh group. Oh my god. <laughs> well, one of those movies was clearly made by people who gave a shit and one of them is a live action Disney adaptation. <laughs> true. Very like, true. I mean, it's just there's clearly like a lot of care and thoughtfulness like put into Detective Pikachu mm -hmm. and I'm just 
Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so here for it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm losing my shit, y'all. The first You're losing my shit. The first trailer. The first time I watched the first trailer and I saw um Mr. Mime and he just looks like a creepy pervert. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, whoever made this, like, like, totally got the tone exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. He looks less creepy in the second one. I, I don't know but about that. But I think that. it's because it's, like, the camera is further the, the away. The camera is so further like, away. You can't see, like, the you, hairlines yeah, on get, his face. You get right up close to that yeah, mug yeah, yeah. and you're like, I am uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> As which you is, should be. Which is how you should feel getting close to a mime. It's appropriate. Um, I'm really excited just like the way the Bulbasaur look and um, Pikachu looks a little bit better. Like, I don't know. Cause in the first, the first trailer, he looked a little rough. You know, it, it, you know what it might be uh. is that I think when, the, I think that first trailer came out before the teaser images for the Sonic movie. Yeah. 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 So and he so was like, like super fuzzy and now they've made him smoother. Well, no, I think it was more that the, he looks exactly the same probably. Uh-huh. Or like at least very close to it. But it's like in hindsight after the, the, the Sonic pictures, which are an abomination yeah, yeah, to yeah. God and man. <laughs> <laughs> As most media featuring Sonic the Hedgehog is. So I, at least that's on brand. But like... Hey, H Bomber guy <laughs> features Sonic Sonic imagery, and he is not an abomination. No, but he is a good person. He is a, he's good, a good boy. He's a good person, but when he dresses as Sonic at the Hedgehog, that is an abomination <laughs> to God, man. And bust out of the the, the yeah Sonic. I'm just thinking of something I saw the other day, which was someone taking a scene from Sonic Adventures 2 and dubbing it over with a uh, voice from uh, GTA San Andreas. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> which made it 15 times better. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, the it, it looks really good. I love that he's got, like, a caffeine addiction. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it's, it's from the video games. I've never played really that series, like, It's really just like Ryan Reynolds, like Ryan Reynolding it up and mm-hmm. like chewing the scenery. But you know what? I'm fucking here for it. Chewing I'm the so scenery excited. from behind a mic. From behind a mic, he yeah. He probably, I don't know. I, Ryan Reynolds seems like the kind of person who like throws his, like all of his passion behind everything he does. But like, it's literally a role that he could have phoned in if yeah. he chose. Yeah. Like as in he could have just done the whole thing over the phone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. He's like, no, I became the Pikachu. I became the Pikachu. <laughs> I lived as an electric mouse. <laughs> I I put I put a fork into a wall socket <laughs> just to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> to get into character. I put myself into a tiny little ball and then broke out. <laughs> refused to go back in. I will not be a part of Beat your Beat up system. a ten year old. <laughs> I electrocuted a whole gym. A whole gym. Found a lizard and set it on. (laughs) Those bitches wearing Lululemons didn't know what hit them. Jared Leto is like hearing about this. He's like furiously scribbling notes. (laughs) He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And then like you find out like Ryan Reynolds is like, I I never did it. Oh, God. God bless you. You know what? Ryan Reynolds, because I know you're a big fan of our our podcast. Mm -hmm. Cheers to you. Yeah. Cheers to you, man. Ryan Reynolds, if you are listening, um, <laughs> send in an email to some nerds have an email, email at, at gmail.com. Gmail. I'm sorry, what was that again? And some nerds have an email at gmail.com mm. and maybe we'll read it. I don't know. We get a lot of emails. I know. Mostly <laughs> from Apple telling us about their latest fine products. 
<laughs> also, we get them from SoundCloud telling us when our bill is due. <laughs> Us email box. Please email us. Please email us. Even if it's just our friend that lives out in the desert, just email us. We would love to hear from you. You know who you are. Um, the desert other world that we can never that we can never go to. No. So that's uh, so that's like number one. Mm-hmm. Today's Pokemon Day, but I mean yesterday will be Pokemon Day by the time this comes out. Um, number three is Pokemon Protect and Attack. Protect and Attack. Um. Uh- Who's who's best boy of of the three starter oh boys? Okay, so listeners at home, here's the thing. We were the three of us were watching the trailer and like Cuz I had seen sudden, it before anybody else and I was like, "Have you guys seen that Protect and Attack?" And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Protect and Attack." <laughs> and I legit thought that that was like the name yeah. <laughs> of the of the series. I totally thought that was the name of the series. And so we're like, we're sitting there and we're watching it. And then well, like. If only the boomers would let the millennials actually name the, the things. Right? They, yeah. Right? I, I think, think Sword Gen and Xers. Shield are good. I, I think yeah. Short, Sword and Shield are good. I'm, I, it's, they're like, I think they ran out of color pairings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they realized it. <laughs> Which but I, that were, I like, guess they've done away. that a while ago. Because they, they already did Sun and Moon. That's true. So um, the moral of the story is we're watching the fucking trailer for this new video game. And we're sitting there on the couch, and then, like, all of a sudden, you just hear Nick go, Oh, who's ready for some good boys? Look at these good boys! Like, talking to them like they're puppies. They're so fucking And he's cute. like, they're the goodest boys. All three of the starters are solid this time around. And like, by solid, he means adorable. They're fucking cute. Like, Unlike Sun and Moon, where, like, two of the starters for Sun and Moon were, like, the best starters that the Pokemon series has, like, ever had in terms of design and then you get one that's like the seal and it's yeah. just like the stupid clown seal and then it you really get, upsets Nick. i really does because i love water starters and like usually they're my favorite in in all of the generations that i've squirtle squirtle i mean piplup squirtle mudkip obviously mm. um totodile yeah. aka gator face um but like last gen i was really disappointed because i'm like man you got these two really cool things. You got like this fire, like red and black cat. And when it evolves, it turns into a fucking luchador like tiger. Yeah. And then you got like the ghost owl. That's like a fucking ghost hooded archer in its final evolution. And then it's like, and then there's a seal. It looks like a seal. And it's got a ball on its nose. (laughs) And it's like a clown. And I hated everything about it. He really, he really did. He really did. Um, I am, I don't know. I, I never start with a fire. I never do either. I always go back and forth between like mostly water, sometimes leaf. The fire bunny is really cute though. Yeah. And uh, like, I I don't know. All of them are fucking adorable. I like how like Nick, I mean, I love you. Yeah. And I, I, this is going to sound disparaging. I don't mean it to sound disparaging. But you pick a Pokemon starter like a 12-year-old girl does. I know. You're like, which one of these is the cutest? Well, and I'm, I'm like, sorry. That's the one I'm going with. I'm sorry. I'm about to say something really controversial. The people who play Pokemon any other way are stupid. <laughs> if you care about any of the stats in Pokemon, you're objectively wrong. Are you saying that I shouldn't have my spreadsheets out while no, I'm playing this game? No, that's the wrong way to play it. Like, they're very... You play by what is cute. You start with what is cute. You pick what you... You catch what is attractive. Yeah. 
And if you if you choose your team based off of anything other than which is the most adorable, you are objectively playing the game wrong. Like, uh, I got this with the wrong nature. Oh, it's not a. It needs to be charming and it's shy. Oh, uh, these invisible stats that you don't see anywhere in the game. I need to find ways to boost those. You've ruined Pokemon. You've ruined Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon should be a game of, that thing's fucking adorable. I want to make it kill. So if, <laughs> so if I want to play a game where it's just all Magikarp, right. I can yeah. do that. Yes. Okay. If, if that's what you find aesthetically it's, pleasing. Right. That, do I, you I, find I, Magikarp like, adorable and I, cute? Would you die for the Magikarp? I mean, I think the Magikarp basically just is me. Oh, so I, I think... You are much more useful. Oh, thank you. But does that mean that you're gonna like evolve into a terrifying menace? Um, not a menace, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens to the Magikarp. Mm-hmm. You are, why do you think you're a Magikarp, Mr. Fish? Mr. Fish. Mr. Fish. Oh, uh, that's like a webcomic. I'm sorry, we had an ADHD moment. I asked Alex <laughs> a serious question, and now I'm gonna go right past that, yeah. um, which is. There was a comic, a webcomic, in which uh, there was a kid who got a Magikarp yeah. and named it Mr. Mr. Fish. Yeah. It's called, I think, Manly, manly guys, guys Doing Manly, manly Things. Yeah. And, and he just beats other Pokemon <laughs> with his Magikarp. It's the best because it's absolutely what would happen in a world with Pokemon, which is this one guy never gets his Pokemon license and he's just like a 20-something loser still living at home. And he's a the... 20-something neat with his Magikarp. Yeah. And the parents just kick him out the door, and like the 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 Magikarp was the first thing he came across, and he just used it to beat like small <laughs> literally beats. Yeah, yeah. Until the Magikarp evolved into a Gyarados, which again, again, no objectively wrong way to play Pokemon unless you give any sort of a shit about any stats. Yes. Or if you say the word nature, you have failed. <laughs> you have failed at playing Pokemon. But like I. So, so anyway, because Nick and I are such nerds, um, in our Pokemon Go accounts, Nick has a Mr. Fish and I have a son of Mr. Fish. <laughs> I also have a Mrs. Which Fish. Which that is, point. that is true love. Oh yeah. my God, our, our Gyarados are family. family. Yeah. <laughs> that is true love, y'all. No. Yep. That's, uh, anyway. Um. I never th- thought of anything good to name my third Gyarados. And now I'm almost to my way of having a fourth Gyarados. Daughter, daughter, daughter <laughs> of Mr. Mr. Fish. Fish. And then just child of Mr. Fish, aunt of Mr. Fish. Anyway. We have the whole family. So I feel like this is a good opportunity to talk about uh, something that I've I've been thinking about today. Uh Uh-huh. Which is, I think we can all agree that in the event of the revolution, like... (laughs) The, the messianic who, uh, Marxist revolution the, that the, will never come. That the 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 good people at Nintendo will will be spared the guillotine. I think. Oh we can hell all, yeah! All agree on that. Hell well, yeah! The workers will. No, but I mean, come well, on, like, Reggie. I know like, Reggie just retired. We love Reggie. His job was basically to be a meme, and he got sure he got way too much money for that. But but also, like I don't like I feel like they can be spared. Well, you know. I feel like and I'm just, Alex, are you gonna be the buzzkill? This I'm might gonna, say like, no, we gotta I'm, kill all I'm the gonna rich be, people. No, I'm gonna be the buzzkill and say, if we seize their wealth, then we don't have to kill them if they let us okay, seize their that's wealth. Fair. I think they would. They gotta be cool think, about it though. They'd Reggie, be, Reggie's think, cool about it. Okay. Cool. His his body's ready for the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo, like Pokemon's cool, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nintendo is they're cool. They're they're down. 
Uh, I mean, they've created a thing that basically functions as a money-making machine that in it, that basically profits off of addiction in order to get microtransactions. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not as, like, shitty. I mean, they don't do loot boxes. Yeah. They don't, they don't <laughs> I do... I don't know why I'm They don't different. do... And you can you can play that game without you ever can sinking money into yeah. it. I do, can. because I play it way too much, mm-hmm. but... Um, but, you know, and you get out, and you meet people. Remember that magical, like, summer uh, when it first came out? Yeah. 2017 like, was such... Oh, sorry, 2016. Summer of 2016. Summer of 2016 was a magical summer. It was summer a magical, magical time. Before, when we thought, like... Before the dark times. <laughs> when we thought Hillary was going to be president. And then she said, Pokemon, go into the polls! And then <laughs> it was like, that's lost so the election. Uh, lost the election. Yeah. And then everyone was it. like, no, Pokemon Go is not cool anymore. And everyone was like, no! <laughs> God. Yeah. Remember that time we were like, we were driving... We were driving around and like a group of teenagers swarmed our car. Yeah, I remember while that. While we were playing Pokemon Go. I remember that. Because we were on like the wrong we team. We were on the other team. And the, the teens found out, and that was the most scared I've ever been in my life. And it's like these like scrawny ass nerd teens, <laughs> like they're such nerds, but they like surrounded our car because we were trying to take a gym, and they're like nah, and I was like, oh my god, like, we have to drive out of here, <laughs> we have to leave. It was like uh, it was like West Side Story, but oh my less god. intimidating. <laughs> less intimidating. Like than if they started theater. dancing at us, it would have been scarier. <laughs> they pull out their phones and they start like. They start snapping. <laughs> Win oh your instinct, your instinct all the, the way. way. <laughs> um, but but no, I was thinking about it today because it's like, I, I, I feel like if. If, if if capitalism actually worked the way that people who defend capitalism say that it works, uh-huh. like, you know, you get rewarded for doing good things, and if you work hard, you make your way up. I feel like if that were actually true, then every company would be Nintendo. Mm. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's yeah. like, but not you. I, I, I know that I'm not the only person to say this. I've seen lots of memes about it recently where it's like, just kill them. Like, corporations are not your friends. Destroy them. To national, uh, nationalize all their interests. To redistribute their wealth. Nintendo, this company is my friend. <laughs> well, I think... I mean, I think we get a perspective on it since it's headquartered in Japan. We don't get a lot of the news about how things are working for the like right. the base level employees because we all we deal with it is the product i, I would say yeah. that uh, but on the other hand when like when konami like how many terrible like employee yeah. stories have you heard about how employees are treated at konami mm-hmm. for instance and also like this is such a shitty like neoliberal thing to trot out but i'm gonna do it anyway yeah um which is that you know when like so nintendo when they rolled out a product that failed yeah the ceo like a pay cut yeah he reduced like he cut his own pay like by half he didn't fire people he didn't cut anybody else's pay he cut his own he cut his own pay Mm -hmm. yeah and like the board of directors like took a pay cut because it's like oh well we made this mistake so we're taking we we made the mistake versus like activision versus yeah activision Um, and ea mm -hmm. was like who just which one which company like just fired like 400 people i think that was activision um like they were like oh we like didn't meet our expectations even though they had like the best-selling game of 2018 and um 
that was some fucking bullshit. And they like fired right. like they reduced like a large member of the staff. Versus like Nintendo, which is like, oh, the Wii U kind of sucked. We're like the leadership team made that decision, so we're all going to take a play cut. And that's like you know, like I don't want to defend capitalism, but it's like if it worked, if it worked again, every, every company, company would, would be Nintendo. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. every company would be Nintendo. at the very least. But and yeah, so there there was a. Um... Alternatively, we just we we take over Nintendo. I'm trying to find the story now, but um, there was know. a... There we, were... the three nerds. <laughs> yeah. The three nerds who don't work at Nintendo. No. Don't live in Japan. My dad don't works at Nintendo. Japanese. Your dad does not my, work for Nintendo. My uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> Told me that Final Fantasy VII is going to be coming to the disk drive. Um, here, So there was... A, yeah, Fortune. Uh, Fortune recently did the list of the most overpaid CEOs in America. Yeah. Um, and the CEOs of Activision and EA are both on that list. Of course mm. they fucking are. Um. Of course they fucking are. I'm trying to remember, because it's like, <sighs> let's see here. Uh, I'm some scrolling. Oh, hey, number six on the list is Robert Iger <laughs> of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a whole okay, bunch of people. I believe that. The CEO of Mattel, apparently. Uh, when was the last time you ever heard about them? Um, okay, I thought so they this were going a... bankrupt. Really? I, I mean, know. I it wouldn't surprise me because, like, what do they have anymore? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the actual list. Uh, oh no, this was from last year. Uh, but yeah, they're they're kind of far down there, but they're they're still on the list. Of most overpaid CEOs, which means most overpaid people, I think, in this at this point, mm-hmm. most the most overpaid people in America. Yeah. Are you looking for it too? Is everyone? No, I was I was looking at something else. I was looking for news about Nintendo's uh, labor practices, mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the, I, I mean, I'm finding this article here about a strike that happened in the 50s, when they were still making just cards. Yeah. Um, and so it might be that. Like that kind of memory has kind of made the the leadership remember. It's like, hey, remember, labor has all the power. Yeah, you just borrow it. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't mess with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, they're like the one company where it's like, yeah, none of these people are actually your friends. They're just ma- they're like, you know, they're taking all the stuff, and it's like, no, Nintendo's my friend. Nintendo. I've I got know. just I think about Nintendo and all of the like it just triggers all of the synapses in my brain. To start, like, mass-producing serotonin, thinking about all of the hours of my life I have spent So we should probably, like, their products. deprogrammed or something. Yeah, yeah probably. Like, like, Alex is looking at us like, you people are the worst <laughs> socialists I've ever I met. Know. I don't know. I've met worse socialists. They're the one, they're the one exception. <laughs> like, I recognize that that's, that's a problem, mm-hmm. but still it's like, no, Reggie. Reggie's a good boy. He's, so what Look you're at all saying, these good boys. So what you're saying is that their marketing works. Yes, yeah. it does. Oh, okay. They yeah. do a very good job of marketing their products Look, to they me. They know they know what their end game is. They know what the people they, want. Right. Okay. They know who their demographics are. They it's, know that they're selling almost thirty something, something nerds. And children. And children. And children. It's and sad ninety kid <laughs> adults. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like and they know now that we're all socialists. 
So like they can't be the bad guys and it's really easy to not be the bad guys of the uh, video game industry right now. <laughs> that is true. It's like really easy to do that. It's like you can make a game where the story is, hey, Nazis are bad <laughs> and you can be a fucking hero. And we talked about that. We did. We did. I beat that game, by oh, yeah? the way. Oh, um, good for you. Yeah, it was, well, I beat the, um, I beat the main story. Um, there's still like, uh other things like there are still other parts of it like i need to go back and complete like the side missions that i didn't complete and like the expansion the expansion stuff the dlc stuff um but i did want to bring up one thing about that and then probably go back to talking about nintendo again <laughs> um which is last time when we were recording on dragon ball z on dragon ball z um uh alex you were saying something about like you know not wanting to like mythologize the nazis mm -hmm. And like not like wanting to you know you make them seem like greater than they actually are. Yeah. And I kind of said, well, there are these, there are these like side bits to it. Like you find postcards and letters and stuff that like very much kind of puts in like these people are human. And like here are people in the United States who are empathizing with them. And like so it's not like making them some other outsider enemy. Yeah. But it's like if you don't see those collectible items, mm -hmm. you don't get that. But then towards the end of the game. And I'm going to spoil it okay. because it, it doesn't really affect very much of the story, which okay. is going to be surprising considering what I'm about to say. <clears throat> okay. But towards the end of the game, you fucking meet Adolf Hitler. What? Yes. I think I've seen the scene, like the cutscene okay. of, of, yeah. Okay. So you meet Adolf Hitler towards the end of the game. And they just portray Adolf Hitler as he probably would have been. Had he lived to 1960, mm -hmm. which is a sad, doddering, senile, doped, old, up old man. doped up old man who like his hands are shaking and he's like hallucinating and there's a woman in the scene and he like starts crying and calls her mommy and like they, they just have it. They just show him as a wreck of mm -hmm. a failed human being in every conceivable way that paranoid beyond belief paranoid beyond the belief pissing blood on the floor mm -hmm. just like vomiting in front of all these people just like yeah truth truth fact hitler had a that, lot of health issues. he had a lot of health issues like he was like dying from parkinson's even in 1945 mm -hmm. and um they so they show his hand shaking really badly like they do a very good job of being like this is the hero of these people mm -hmm. yeah. like this is their leader and like this is who they look up to so i feel like that does a good job because yeah there is some like mythologizing there's a lot of you know like alternate history kind of they have a secret base on venus kind of a thing because mm -hmm. in the first game well the last game in the series um the, in the the new order they have a moon base and so yeah. you go to the moon base towards the end of it and so this one it's like well, we already did the moon. Where else could they be? They could be on Venus. Mm -hmm. We could send them to Venus. Yeah, I was more kind of referring to how media before this point. Oh, I see what you're of, saying. Uh, mythologizing. I see what you're of, saying. Yeah. But yeah, no, that that's good to hear. Yeah. It was a good, it was a really good scene. <laughs> because it also is another one where it, it completely strips away player agency for that scene. Mm -hmm. Like it's another one where you have, you cannot just shoot Hitler. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, you have no real options available to you. Mm. Um, and so just like 
there's they do those scenes throughout the game where it's like okay through most of this game you are a one-man like kill squad and you go through and you feel like it's the ultimate power rush where you're going around and you're just wiping out entire enemy bases and like you're you are a legendary enemy of the nazis and then every once in a while it's like now nah, you're caught now there's nothing you can do now you're like completely fucked so just sit back and watch what happens watch what these people will do if you let them and it's always horrifying um including that scene like the the, the hitler scene while hitler is made into a laughable character like he is also terrifying like mm -hmm. his and the fact that people are listening to him and putting right. stake in what he's saying yes exactly um and i and again it doesn't really affect the story too much like the fact that you see him because you don't really do like you just kind of meet him mm -hmm. and again he's just like he's just some guy doesn't he like shoot ronald reagan or something like that he shoots an actor okay um who i mean is now that you've said it i mean is kind of coded maybe to be mm -hmm. ronald reagan i'll have to go back and look to see what the the name they give him is mm. um but yeah there's a few actors that he shoots um because it's the scene the way that they get you there is the okay this is a slight spoiler for okay. the end of the game but i'm not going to tell you how this happens but they they do think that bj blaskowitz is dead they have very good reason to believe that bj blaskowitz is dead for reals this time for reals this time um because i thought he was dead for a moment too and the way that they don't that they get him to come back is even more ridiculous than the way that the game opens <laughs> to get him to not be dead oh. like they just lean into it um slight digression but they also do this awesome um like occurrence at owl creek bridge like dream sequence at one point uh where if you don't know that it's a it's a ambrose beer short story mm. where this guy has been captured in war and he's going to be hanged and like the whole story is about him like you know like the rope breaks at the last minute he swims to safety and like runs away and goes home to his wife and family mm -hmm. and then like the end of the story is he just gets hanged no oh. like that's all just a fantasy that he had as he was being executed they do that in this game and it's fucking great it's also one of the hardest parts in the entire game gotcha. and so like i kept dying and getting back to it and when i realized like wait a minute this doesn't make any sense and then as soon as i had that thought it cuts back to him being on trial and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> that didn't make sense. Okay. That was all just in my head. And I tried so hard to get out of there uh -huh. and kept dying. Um, but anyway, so they think he's dead and Adolf Hitler is directing the movie. It's going to be this big epic story about how the heroic Nazi party found and defeated the evil terrorist BJ Blaskowitz. Mm. And so they're, they're casting people to play the part. Mm -hmm. And so you get sent up there to go, to go do the part. Um, and like he ends up shooting all the other actors for screwing it up. And you have to, the, the part that I appreciated the most is you have to actually memorize the script. Mm. They give you a script to memorize and you have to select <laughs> the right dialogue options. Oh my God. And he goes, and at the end, Hitler's like, mm, you said the words right, but you don't have the psychology. <laughs> this man of pure evil. Because <laughs> BJ Blaskowitz is just kind of this big dumb hunk of meat, mm -hmm. which is something that I really appreciate about him. He just really hates the nazis mm. 
and just is like really he's just this big he's basically like if alex jones wasn't evil and was actually as buff as he felt he was <laughs> that's he's just this big dumb texan who just kind of loves everyone mm. There is one part that I, I feel like... I don't know if it would be... If you ever played it, Alex, it would either be your least favorite part or your most favorite part. Oh, okay. But you go to New Orleans to find the... Because New Orleans just gets turned into a ghetto. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so that's where, like, all the communists and jazz musicians wind up. Mm-hmm. And so there's a street preacher communist mm-hmm. who, like, dresses as a clergyman, but, like, in red and green. Mm-hmm. And with this, like, huge just southern accent... And there's just the part where he make like he and BJ are just drinking alcohol <laughs> while the sniper is shooting. Like there's a sniper over to the side shooting Nazis out in the street. And there's a she's like, "Hey, I need to concentrate. Can you lighten the mood a little bit?" And this guy's just playing jazz clarinet off to the side. <laughs> and BJ Blaskowitz is getting drunk and yelling about communism. Nice. It's fucking hilarious. Um, so I want to show you this. Okay. Oh my god, it is! <laughs> Holy shit, that's amazing! He's, he's he, uh, Alex is showing me the Ronald Reagan uh, Wolfenstein fandom wikia page. Apparently. Apparently that was Ronald Reagan. Holy yeah. shit, that's amazing. <laughs> I totally didn't pick up on that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean... So the the two birds one stone. I yeah. I mean <laughs> Nazis world one World War Two, but Ronald Reagan died in 1961. <sighs> I wouldn't quite call that a wash, no. but you know, <laughs> it's pretty close. Eases, eases the post war yeah a bit. Anyway, yeah. at least we don't have to worry about you know crack cocaine being funneled into our inner cities and. Maybe we'd actually have a president who did something about the AIDS epidemic when, like, we first found out about it. Stop funding paramilitaries in the South yeah. America. Speaking of South America. <laughs> oh, no. Venezuela. The the coup failed. Yay. Yay. Uh, that's the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> coup failed. Don't try again. <sighs> yeah. Uh, now I got, now I just, I'm, I'm just sad thinking about <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Uh, and like, and yeah, yeah, various South American coup attempts. Yep. Anyway. So let's lighten the mood again. Uh, sorry. So did you have something else that you wanted to go with this or, or is this? I think that's about it. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing together yes. is watching a show. I don't think we mentioned it in the last time because I don't think we'd started it, but uh, a show that I'd seen some of and you haven't set in Canada Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys. Oh, Lauren. <laughs> I, I, it had been something that had been on my radar, because, like, the, the sections of, of the internet that I hang out in, I've been seeing, like, screenshots and, like, GIFs and stuff mm-hmm. from this show. So, like, I had been aware of it for some time, but I had never actually sat down to watch it before. Um, I don't know. It's good. It's it, It's... I had the realization that it's basically just Canadian Always Sunny. Yeah, and that predates it's, a, it's Always Sunny. It does predate It's Always Sunny. So I guess Always Sunny is just American Trailer <laughs> Park Boys. <laughs> so does that mean that the Russian Always Sunny is is the Russian American Trailer Park Boys? I don't know. But, um, but I mean, it, it, it's less... I mean... Yeah, basically, it's it's a bunch of idiots. It's a bunch of idiots b- making fun of like like 
the way that the shows start, like with the title, mm -hmm. like it looks like Always Sunny. The music in the, in the opening credits sounds like the only Always Sunny. That is music. true. The, the fact that none of the characters are likable, <laughs> the way that it's shot, like the fact that it's gone on for like, like almost two decades at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you've never heard of Trailer Park Boys, um, two, two boys from the trailer park on, up in Nova Scotia. Up in Nova Scotia. Um, Which is, is Redneck Canada, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, Saskatchewan well, is Redneck Canada. This is, like... Like, Jersey? I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's sort of like... It's sort of like Maine... From what I understand of Nova Scotia, I've never been there. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand of <laughs> it, from between watching this show and reading Kate Beaton comics... It's sort of like if New Jersey and Maine had a child, <laughs> and it had all of the worst traits of both, <laughs> but free healthcare. Yeah. But free healthcare. Yeah, and a lot of guns. And a lot of guns. Yeah. But um, Elise was surprised by that. I'm like, no, like Canada has guns in like the same kind of proportions to the United States. It's just there's way fewer people. Mm. Yeah. But they don't have as much gun violence. No, they don't. So because they're Canadians. <laughs> yeah. So, two boys from the trailer park, um, Ricky and Julian, uh, return from their, their time at Con College, as everyone keeps calling it, the mm -hmm. jail, um, after pulling a gun in, like, a heist or something. It looks like he's shooting at someone for, like, he's trying to steal a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> trying to steal a dog. I think it's, it, it's gotta be in that movie. Because yeah. they apparently did, like, a like a one-hour-long movie about this beforehand, which I I don't know where we can see it. But yeah, I, I was looking up, and there's, like, a bunch of, like, Bulgarian sites that you can watch it on. No, but no, nothing, nothing legit. Um, that's so weird that, like, <laughs> all of the show is on Netflix, mm. but, like, not the original movie. Yeah. Does someone else own the rights to it or something? I don't like, know. I really don't. Um, but anyway, they return to the trailer park after, like, 18 months in prison or wherever. Uh, and uh, it's just their kind of adjustment back. And there's a movie crew. So what we're watching is, like, this documentary that's being made about these two, low, like, small-time crooks returning home. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's weird. <laughs> and like the, I never, I, it's so weird. Like the weirdest part for me, and I wonder if this is going to change in like future seasons, mm -hmm. but like from all of the gifts and stuff that I've seen, it's, um, I can't remember the two main characters names now. Julian. Julian and Ricky. Ricky. So like everything that I see is of Ricky or Bubbles. Yeah. But neither of them is the main character. No. Like, it definitely, the show follows, at least in this, what we've seen so far, follows Julian. Mm -hmm. Well, Julian's like the straight man to Ricky's kind, kind of, of. But he's not really. <laughs> he's not at all. Because, like, he's just as bumbling. And I just, I don't know. I, I enjoy the fact that, like, every episode will feature, like, it always features him. Like, he's, I don't think he's ever seen without a, go, a glass of, like, Something it's probably like Jack and Coke is what it looks like to me. Yeah, in his hand, or like Jack. Like he will Coke never set vodka. that down. No, in a gunfight. Yeah, handling a dog, <laughs> the, driving a car. The, ones with the gunfights are my favorite. <laughs> like he just has the gun out in like one hand and the drink in the other, and he's just like firing the gun and drinking. It reminds me of um. You've seen Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Right? I have. Okay. Yes, I love it. The scene where like you're at the funeral and the one guy's just fire. It's a. It's a. What's his name from IT Crowd? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, like, firing <laughs> the gun. 
He has like the huge shotgun. And he's just standing there, just like shooting it off into the distance while they're at the funeral. Yeah, yeah. And and like, have you seen Dark Place, Elise? No. We should watch Dark Place. No. That, yes. I feel like you've tried to show me this before. And I've exploded. I'm not. It really hurts. It. It's good. It's good. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, like, I think my favorite episode of the ones we've seen so far is gotta be, um, fuck community college, let's get drunk and eat chicken strips. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Which <laughs> is basically just Ricky trying to adjust to living in Julian's car mm-hmm. and trying to get back his life together, which involves largely growing weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love how much of this show is like it is like him desperately trying to grow weed. <laughs> like that to me is just really funny. And yeah. then like when he finally successfully starts growing weed is when his like girlfriend lets him back into the trailer. Yeah. That's the only thing she keeps looking for. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little personal here for a minute. Uh-oh. I I grew up like right down the street from a trailer park. Okay. Like a lot of people who rode my school bus lived in this trailer park. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is this show is very true to life. Okay. <laughs> like, from what I remember of these people, like of the, the the kids who I knew who lived in the trailer park, I could absolutely not seeing them necessarily doing it, mm-hmm. but like the people in their orbit. Yeah. I could absolutely see some of them like doing that kind of shit. Well, there is a kid in the show. There is a kid. It's Ricky's kid. Yeah. yeah his daughter. Yeah. Went to school drunk. <laughs> and tasted a pot brownie. Yeah. And shot her father in the ass. That's been my favorite episode so far. Oh, it's yeah. the one where they're trying to take care of the dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just eats a whole tray full of pot brownies. <laughs> I leave you with this dog for 45 minutes. <laughs> what did he have to go do? I can't even remember. Uh, he had to go now. to the DMV. Right, right, yeah. To yeah. take the dog to the DMV. <laughs> can't take the dog to the DMV. It'll be like 30 minutes or it could be an hour. <laughs> thing says something ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, that's, been a, that's been a fun show. Uh, what's also, I thought was a fun show. We haven't really talked about it, but we watched it the other day. It was the, the first episode of the Umbrella Academy. That's right. We did watch that. Oh, I don't know if I can get past the violin playing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, Elise has violin, uh, opinions. Tell us. Yeah. So, and I, and I talked to like, I, I talked to a coworker of mine who's also a musician, uh, about this and I was like does this also bother you and she was like yes <laughs> like so this is like a thing this is a thing that happens to people who play musical instruments is like we can't watch a lot of media in which an actor is pretending to be a musician um so the opening sequence of and then like objectively it's a pretty cool beautiful sequence i think it tells you like it's a good introduction to the characters it's a good introduction to all the characters and so one of the characters number seven or vanya is playing violin i guess at like carnegie hall or something i don't know i don't know she's at some like ridiculously beautiful music hall and she's playing the um phantom Phantom of of the the Opera. opera for some reason for some reason she's playing phantom of the opera and it's 
and then you like you meet all of the other characters but it's a lot of close-ups on her playing violin and i gotta tell you none of it matches yeah (laughs) none of it matches like it's just oh my god it's so bad and like usually like usually i kind of let it slide usually i don't care that much but i was just like watching it i was like that's not even the string that it's played on how do i fucking know this because i played fucking phantom of the opera all fucking four years of fucking high school orchestra people (laughs) all right so there's just certain things that are burned forever into my muscle memory. And you know how you do it right? Like, th- there's a way to do it. And it was done, like, 30 fucking years ago with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And, like, it- it's cheesy, and we all know that's what you're doing. But you just do what they did with George Carlin's character playing guitar. Yeah. Where you show George Carlin holding a guitar, and then you cut to a close-up of the guitar, and someone's actually playing that guitar. And then you cut back to George Carlin's face and you're not seeing his hand on it, but it's like he's acting like he's playing a guitar. And then you cut back to the guitar and you're seeing someone actually playing. Yeah. Just do it like that. And since you don't see Ellen Page, it's Ellen Page, right? Yeah. And you, you never don't see, see her face. Her face. You never see her face. You could have just got so someone of her same, same build. build who actually plays violin and you could have just you could have just done that. Like yeah. and and instead it's it's horrendously off. It's none of it matches and it's just really, really frustrating. And it was very difficult for me to watch the opening sequence. In fact, we had to like stop it several times yeah. to yeah. be like, like, cause Nick and Alex would just look over at me like, do you need to say something, Elise? <laughs> do you need a moment? Do you need a moment? <laughs> anyway. I, I thought just... it was good. Um, I mean the show, like not necessarily the violin playing cause I know nothing about that kind of stuff, <sighs> but but the show, I, I I read the comics when they were originally coming out, um, uh, because it, I was I was still in college when those yeah. things were being published, mm-hmm. um, and so my local comic book store when I was in college, I saw it in the like here's what's coming up, and so Umbrella Academy, and I read the description. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of quirky and offbeat. I'm gonna get that, um, and I read it and I enjoyed it, and then I found out. <laughs> Because I don't listen. I never had an emo phase, okay? Mm-hmm. I had a goth. Somebody just went straight to goth I just jumped straight to goth, okay? <laughs> like, I just, I went straight to Crew Shadows and, like, Raised in Black. Brag much? I'm, All right. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I never had the My Chemical Romance. Like, I never listened to My Chemical Romance. I never listened to Fall Out Boy. I mean, I'm, neither did I. I, I know. <laughs> I, but, I mean, like, a lot of my friends did when I was in high school. I just yeah. never paid attention to them. Same. Um. And so I did not know that Gabriel Way was the sure. was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, who's the guy who created it and wrote it. I thought it was Panic at the Disco. No, My Chemical okay. Romance. Um, and a lot of people who, like, now that the show is out, like, it's gotten really big. And a lot of people are like, well, and they're, like, sharing articles like, who is Gabriel Way who created the, uh, or no, excuse me, um, Gerard? Gerard, 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 Gabriel Way, or, um. Wah, I think is the name is the um, is the artist um, Gerard Gerald Way or Gerald Way whatever his name is Gerard Gerard Way whatever the fuck his name is I didn't I never knew and so I <laughs> the only reason I know is because it gets referenced all the time in My Immortal the fanfic right mm. so that's that's all I right know. right yeah you're right <laughs> it does um, but like a lot of people who I know who were fans of it are like he didn't do all this stuff in My Chemical Romance just to be known as the guy who wrote Umbrella Academy. And I'm like, 
for like a year that's what i knew him as <laughs> and then i found out he was also the guy in my chemical romance i'm like oh he writes really good comics <laughs> <laughs> so what did he do first he did he was the musician first oh okay yeah um and then the the comics so you think that you would take more care in figuring out you know how to portray well actual... he wasn't the director you, you would think so. but he did he did do the music for the series it was him and like mary j blige oh, okay did the music for the series um so okay so why did they pick phantom of the opera i don't know but like that's the thing it's such an iconic song that it, like there has to be some sort of tie i, I think story. he probably it, it doesn't <laughs> 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 I, I remember the I, I don't remember a whole lot of the comics because I read them I think they came out in like 2007 or 8 so I read them over a decade ago at this point yeah. I can tell you that music plays a big part in the series in the story yeah. if they're going to uh, adapt at least if they're going to adapt the first arc because <laughs> I think they did do more than one miniseries but the, the story for the first miniseries at least deals very heavily with music yeah but that particular song, meh, meh. Yeah, okay. I think it's mostly that again. It does. All right. Are you gonna have opinions? I'm gonna have opinions. <sighs> okay. I do that sometimes. I think that they probably picked it because it's like it's something that you can play on violin, but it's like it's like dark and edgy. It's Andrew Lloyd Webber. I know Did you seriously try to consider? I'm, I'm not Did saying you that. Suggest <laughs> that's not for a moment that Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, writer of Xanadu, <laughs> is somehow dark and edgy. I'm not suggesting that, but I feel like the people who made this show probably did, and I'm feeling like again the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Okay. Keep that in in your mind. Keep that All in the back. All the emo of your... girls right. loved. Right. Phantom of the Opera. Right. Yeah. And they all wanted to be with the Phantom. None of them right. wanted to be with Christian. Because he's he's dark and edgy. He's dangerous. He's a fucking incel. <laughs> he's a shut-in neat who lives in a literal basement. He's a basement dwelling neck beard. <laughs> but he's handsome. He's not handsome. He's Except, not even handsome. I mean, he has a, this, a this, fucking, if you like, ignore the this, if you ignore all the this. For the record, Nick or, is putting a hand on most of his face. Or part of it. You know, just like that one eye. But you know, when I keep saw the Lon, mask on is what I'm saying. But when I saw Lon Chaney do it, it yeah, looked yeah. grotesque. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Gerald, but uh, Gerald Butler or whatever. Whoever. Gerald Butler. <laughs> whatever. You just can't Ger say G. I can't. Why can't I don't you know. <laughs> Oh. G -bucks. Talking about, <laughs> you want to talk about musician Gorge Harrison? <laughs> Maybe I do. You don't know me. You know, Scott, Scotsman, Leonidas. He looks, oh uh, cover the this, just keep the mask on and, you know, Stop. do what you need to do. That's all I'm saying. I knew a lot. I dated a lot of theater girls. Okay, <laughs> of course you did. I am now you're marrying one. You were the only like straight male in that entire fucking vicinity. I wasn't, but <laughs> you were one of three. I just I remember completely off topic. <laughs> I and most of the people who were most of the guys who were actually in my high school theater program were mostly straight. Really, all all the gay guys were in band. 
and color guard. That's hilarious. Um, and they were all the they were all Southern gay, where it was like we all knew. Oh. But like they didn't know. I just remember. I, I remember one of my super, friends. We're getting okay. like super, okay, getting super, super, super like, off topic. Ourselves on okay. mic for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know any of these people, unless they do. In which case, they already know these stories. Um, <laughs> but so, so one day, I it was I was. Do we in need high to school. explain Southern gay to people? Or I, I think I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's they were gay in the South, in the early aughts. Yeah. Okay. So it was everybody knew. Like, unless you were going to NYU after high school, you did not come out. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you, yeah, exactly. You didn't come out and you dated, you know, you dated people of the opposite sex, but you also were in color guard. <laughs> or you were the lead in like the spring musical. And so, and when or like, like, yeah. Okay. And that's where, that's where I'm going with the story is, uh, we were doing our spring musical yeah. and, um, and my dad was picking me up from rehearsal one night. And he was, you know, he was there a little bit early and was seeing some of the rehearsal. And um, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a musical. It, no one's ever seen it. It's terrible. But it's based off the music of like um, uh, George Cohen. So it's like set in World War One, okay. and it's like has Alex heard of this though? Because it should. seems like something Alex would have heard. Um, but it's it, it's set in World War One. And it's basically about this guy uh, who the the young ingenue wants to be in in the, on the Great White Way. What's and it the, called again? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but it's the, the, the young ingenue wants to be in, on the Great White Way and like do all these songs on Broadway. And the the guy wants to like is, wants to write music. I honestly don't remember what the male lead's motivation is in that story. But he winds up going to war. Mm-hmm. And then they get reunited at the end. It's supposed to be like, oh, it's a big romantic thing. They got reunited. Like, he survives the war. And she's a big star on Broadway now. And they both enjoy the music of George Cohen. Wait, so they take the setting of World War One and give it a happy ending? Yes. Yeah. That's lame. It is. It's really lame. But, I mean, it's because it's all about, you know, all the music that he was writing. So it's all of, over there, over, over there. there. Like, that song is in there. Okay. Wait, what's it called? George M or the man who owned Broadway? No. Okay. Um, I it probably you will probably not be able to find this because I think we might be the only people who have ever Wait put a it minute. on stage. Okay. Um. So so I was on. So Dad was watching this, and he was watching the chemistry between you know the 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 male romantic lead and the young ingenue at the end where they're supposed to romantically embrace at the end of the war when he returns home. Um, and like they, they could finally settle down and start a family kind of a thing. And he was driving me home and was like, so the guy playing your lead. And I'm like, oh yeah, him. I like said his name and I was like, yeah, he's gay, right? <laughs> like, yes, dad, he's gay. <laughs> he knows he's gay, right? Yes, he does. Okay, good. <laughs> and he was the only one to my knowledge, at least the only guy in our high school theater program. Um, few of the ladies were. <laughs> mm. But for the most part, at least straight presenting people. Yankee Doodle Dandy? No. No, that's the that's like the movie. That's that's about what, again. This is going to drive me crazy. That's one that people know. You'll never be able to find it on Google because I literally think we were the only people to have ever performed this musical. Oh my god. Cuz it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a musical about World War 1 that I want to watch? What? Oh, what a lovely war. 
I've never heard of this. Never heard of this? Is this Paths of Glory, the musical? No, so it's... Um... We talk a lot about musicals on this, on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so, Oh, What a Lovely War is a... It's There's a movie version of it, um, but I, it's also play um, about... Little Johnny Jones? Nope. <laughs> uh, basically portraying the whole of World War One with, like, songs from the time mm-hmm. and kind of the the way that it the sounds of propaganda present like the rosy picture of of going off to war for die for your country in being contrast with like the horrors of war just being portrayed full blanket for everyone to see wow um and so it's it's got like like the song oh what a lovely war was a song uh from <laughs> was it song. really yeah oh my god i'll play it for you afterwards um but uh basically it's about we're gonna you know enlist and Oh, it's so lovely, you know, we're going to wake up in the morning, eat our roast beef, and give the Huns a good bashing. Uh, I'm just imagining now, like, kind of the opposite of that, which is, like, Fortunate Son played on a Victrola. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, no military. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, you know, the, it's like, I am a senator's son. The movie version, like, I've seen a lot of clips on YouTube, but I've never actually been able to see the whole thing. And I would love to see someone perform this in, like, on theater. Uh, and the way it was originally intended to be performed. But yeah, no, so, sorry, we got sidetracked. Yeah, we did. Bit. We got so sidetracked. <laughs> what the fuck were we even we talking, talking about? We were talking about Umbrella Academy. Oh, we were talking about Umbrella Academy. And we were talking about Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and we were talking about, and I went on my rant about... About music. By, yeah. About music. And, and then you were like, no, it's edgy. And yeah. I was like, no, Phantom of the Opera is not right, edgy. Right, right. But that's what I'm saying, is that's why that's why they picked it, because they're it is appealing to theater girls. Like that's what that's why they chose it. I guarantee you. You're trying to call me out right now, and I'm telling you it's not gonna happen. I'm right? not trying to call you <laughs> out. I never had that dream of being Christine Diane. I'm not on, saying like, you did. But you did. I, I know that like you you majored in theater, but you didn't do a lot of high school theater. Yeah. If you did high school theater, you would know like ten of these girls. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's who that's appealing to yeah. is for people who either are currently that or people who were that fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. It's getting the whole nostalgia factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. but in any event, um, it's I, it's good. Like there's. I, I yeah, do... let's talk about the rest after like the first, the first five <laughs> three minutes. minutes. Yeah, because <laughs> that's literally the only thing that we've discussed. I don't know. It's it's. I yeah, I can dig it. I guess. Not your not your thing. No, like I want to watch more. And like one of my coworkers was talking about how wonderful it is. So I guess like I'll keep watching it. But I don't know. It's not something that I would choose to watch on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I'll keep watching with the rest of you. So yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate it for, like, the fact that it's another, like, I like deconstruction of superheroes when it's yeah. done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just another, like, thing that you can shove into the face of, like, Zack Snyder and be like, yeah. no, this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how you do it. Yeah. You rub your, rub his nose in it. Yeah. Um, which, again, for someone who fucking adapted Watchmen, you would feel like he would know that, like, People enjoy deconstructions of superheroes, but he's also someone who, you know, saw that story and thought that Rorschach was supposed to be the hero. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Like it definitely. It. It. Like I don't know. It hits a lot of my buttons. I just. I have to see more of it to decide for sure mm-hmm. if I like it or not. If that makes sense. No, I got that. Um. I think they use the same set as they used for Haunting of Hill House. I think you're right. Cause like, it's like, it, I said that as a joke at first, but the more I watch of it, I'm like, no, this is just the same set. They just changed the dressing a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Well, like that staircase is the same staircase. I'm yeah. almost sure of it. It's like that same mansion that they use for all like the British interwar like dramas. Yeah. 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 It's like Or like how like the Richmond Capitol is always used if they're doing like uh an eighteenth century political drama. Yeah. Like it will look it, they'll they'll dress it up to be like the, the, the White House or the Capitol building or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like we live in a state that a lot of historical dramas get filmed in. Yeah. It's basically all we've got. Yeah. We got this. We maybe one day we'll have Amazon. Cause that's moving uh, into Nova. Let's let's hope not. Let's yeah. I, the, I think the my closer favorite, to seize the means of production from. I think <laughs> that's true. I think my favorite take that I saw on that was it's okay, Jeff Bezos. Saying you're going to go to Queens and then deciding against it is something that a lot of New Yorkers can can relate to. It's like, yup. Having spent a lot of time in Queens, I can fully understand that. I like where my sister lives and her <laughs> kids, so shut up. We haven't been to a new place, though. We yeah. did. Li- I, I did appreciate the first time we went to that one place that they were living. And I looked out the window and it's like, oh, the end of the first Highlander movie was filmed right over there. <laughs> we went jogging and did not see a single dead body. We saw a lot of like old broken down appliances that yeah. just kind of thrown under the Queensboro like Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. The Museum of the Moving Image is really nice. Though. Yeah, everybody should go see the Museum of the it's Moving Image. It's like the image. one like, really is. nice thing there. Also, they filmed Sesame Street. Oh, that's true. And the end of Highlander. And the end of Highlander. Here we are. Born to be kings. We're the, the princes of the universe. So- Oh, so did we stop singing? I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the backup. So, so this is a nice transition. I didn't see uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Do you think they talked about how he came up with the idea for that for that song in that movie? No. What was the idea that he had for the song? I don't know. Cause it, like, but apparently, like the whole movie is just like some incidental thing happens in in his life, and he's like. All right, we're gonna write a song about. Oh, this is terrible, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna write a song about being the champions because I was a champion at footy today. We're like, <laughs> and like that's the movie. Like, and it's just like, and they write it in like forty five. And seconds, they write it in forty five seconds there in the studio as they're recording, and it. it turns into a classic. And so I I just I I don't know, but it's like, I'm the prince of the universe. Hey, that's a good song. <laughs> I'm gonna. <Here> <laughs> I am immortal. I have inside me blood of kings. Oh, that's a great lyric. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so what you're saying is that he wasn't... I'm Flash Gordon. <laughs> he, wasn't... He, wasn't... he was really high when he wrote that. So what you're saying is he wasn't commissioned by the no. filmmakers to write the song? No. What, what no. I'm saying is that from what I understand about Bohemian Rhapsody, which again, I have not seen it, but from what I've heard of it from other people, is that's basically the entire movie. <laughs> And that I, I 
I don't know if they cover all of the songs that he wrote for movies, but they should. Because mm. I feel like that's a missed opportunity to do some really ridiculous shit. Mm. But apparently, they got Mike Myers to say, who's gonna bang their head to this song in a car? And then turn and wink at the camera in the movie. And then he got invited to the fucking Oscars to tell that story. Ugh. Yeah. Also, Green Book won. Are also we going to talk Green about Book. that? No. Is this... <laughs> wait, wait. So, Muammar Gaddafi's Green Book? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Muammar Gaddafi made a movie from beyond the grave and it won the Oscar. Actually, that would be... Unfortunately not, but this is what yeah, really happened. Yeah, that would have been way better. <laughs> um, this is what really happened, which is that... God. I see. I feel like we need to... There are better takes on the internet, dear. About the Green Book. Right. But essentially what you need to know is they nominated, like, Black Panther, and they Mm -hmm. nominated Black Klansmen, and instead... And Roma, which is supposed to be really fucking good. I still haven't seen it yet, but... But but more importantly, it's like they nominated... Did they nominate Sorry to Bother You? No. No. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't nominate that, and they didn't nominate First Reformed. Those are the big snubs of the year. Mm-hmm. But they, but Green Book won, and the fucked up thing about Green Book is like this idea that you have a bunch of other of other movies made by like African American creators and creators of color and um, people like you know telling their own stories, and instead they gave it to the white savior movie that you have a very interesting. Like, the pianist is, like, this classically trained pianist who's, like, openly gay, has a very interesting life, apparently had, like, JFK on speed dial or something, and instead of focusing on that really interesting person, they focus on his, like, shitty white driver who has, like, gets, because he's blind, the pianist is blind, and gets, like, forced to drive this guy um, all around the Deep South, and it becomes a, like white man learns about racism and they like almost completely erase the fact that he's gay and it's it's just a mess it's a hot mess but it's also a really wonderful metaphor for like what hollywood like actually thinks about diversity which is that like we'll throw you a nod but at the end of the day we're going to reward ourselves and how woke we are look they gave it to uh moonlight right (laughs) <laughs> they did they, after, they after... withheld from giving the award to uh that la, fucking, la, 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 la land. land so Which you know they, what like had accidentally announced as the winner right so you know what white boomers earned this one all right <laughs> it's a little something for them Viggo mortensen gained weight i mean come on like we're not getting we're not getting forrest gump 2 he anytime soon he so. didn't look like aragorn he didn't look like, you know, handsome Strider. He looked like some schmuck from Jersey. I mean, in, Jersey. in fairness, I do feel like anytime Viggo Mortensen is in a movie that's not like Warhorse, you should just give him an award to make up for the one he didn't win for the Lord of the Rings movies. He was, he, like, that's the, the shitty thing is, like, Viggo Mortensen himself is actually, like, a really good actor. Um, But, but, but yeah, it was just, Wait, Was know. that Warhorse or was that... No, it wasn't Hidalgo. Warhorse. It was Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Right. It was Hidalgo. But um, he wasn't in Warhorse. Another play, we were talking about plays being adapted from cinema, or to cinema, earlier, uh, before the podcast. But anyway, it was just, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is, this seems very... 
It's there's like a, there's like a metaphor. Yeah, it's here. like the least deserving movie of all of the ones yeah. that were nominated, with the exception of maybe Black Panther. And I'm not saying that Black Panther was a bad movie. I'm saying that like all the other movies were like really good. Yeah, and that Black Panther was like just kind of. It wasn't even the best superhero movie last year. Like, Enter the Spider-Verse was a way better superhero movie. To be fair, Enter the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse did win. Yeah. It did win Best Animated. It it does seem that, like, those two movies couldn't have been released in the same year. But they were. But they were. Somehow. 2018 was, like, six months longer than a normal year. (laughs) I swear to God. I feel like it probably was. But, yeah. No. But, honestly, like, I don't know. I, I, I get why they nominated it. And I feel like they should have nominated it. But, like, all the other ones that were actually nominated, with the exception of Green Book, which I don't even think deserved the nomination. Yeah, I know. Like, all the other ones, it's like, yeah, that movie could win Best Picture, and I'd be fine. And there's, like, the one where I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Roma could have won. It would have been fine. Black Klansman could have won. Yeah. That would have been fine. Um, but, it, like, the more, like, you, the more you pull back, um, the layers of like the green book situation, yeah. like the worst it gets. Right. So like the what the the Vigo Mortensen's character's son, um, was the guy like the guy in real life who was the son of the driver, ended up writing the script based off of like what he could. Piece oh my god! His, fucking what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piece together based off of his father's stories. Oh my god. Number one, number two, even though. And I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look up this person's name because this is going to drive me insane. Mm. But um, the, the pianist guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. Okay, so the um, Don Shirley. So uh, as played by, I'm gonna fuck this up, but Masera Ali. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Masara Ali ended up playing Don Shirley. Don Shirley is the name of the pianist, and um, apparently, like they did, they never got in contact with his family. What? They like they never got in contact with the family. They never like they because they just and they they explicitly exclusively told it from the perspective of the driver. That's fucked up. Yeah. So, like I said, like the more. The more like of the layers you pull back, yeah. the like the worse, the worse it gets, and the more it's just very like emblematic of, sort of, is is what's wrong with Hollywood? Is this worse than Forrest Gump winning Best Picture, in terms of white boomers like patting themselves on the back? I might be, but I'm like I don't know how much of this is white boomers and how much of it is Gen Xers. Because I feel like the generational lines, I mean, say what you want about generation theory, but I feel like the lines have definitely been drawn where like Xers are, are definitely like aligning themselves with boomers and millennials and Gen Z are like, overthrow the bourgeoisie, eat the rich, maybe. fuck capitalism, maybe eat it's, filth. Maybe it's just Gen X. Maybe. It, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, what I was thinking about this earlier today with, with, um, uh, like movies winning best picture. And I just feel like in the 90s, we had just a whole lot of trash that kept winning. Mm. Yeah. Like, and like Forrest Gump is like the big example, right? Mm. That movie sucks. Unless you're like middle-aged. 
Like, that movie's bad. It's just, like, this saccharine, like, historically revisionist nonsense. Yeah. That only appeals to people who are of that, like, are the same age as Forrest Gump. And the only reason that they like that movie is because they see themselves as Forrest. Mm. You're very quiet about this, Alex. I mean, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but it's been a long time. Okay. And I haven't, when I was doing that, I never really had the critical analysis of films. That okay. Yeah. Go back. Wait, okay. I, yeah, sorry. go ahead. I just to keep on with like the Green Book controversy. So now like the son of the driver, whose name was uh Valalana. Valalana. Um and apparently, like supposedly Don Shirley himself told Valalana's son, you know, don't like tell it from your father's perspective, don't tell it from mine. And it's just like, and it, it just—it's really interesting that that comes out after the Oscar win right. and after like the other family is saying like, well, we were shut out from contributions from this, and it's just—I don't know. So like, apparently it said like, don't make it until after I pass away, and like if you're gonna tell the story, you tell it for your father, me, no one else. Don't make it. Don't speak to anyone else. That's how you have to make it. And it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know the whole. The whole thing is so fucking weird. And it's just the more, the more you like, the more layers you pull back, the more like the the, the quite quite frankly like the controversy, is much more interesting than I'm sure the movie was. <laughs> Probably. So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Now I think I'm done talking about Green Book. But, but so Forrest Gump, I don't, I, this is we're kind of running late. We're, yeah, um, we're, we're also going on a rant about a movie that came out almost twenty years. But ago. there was a twenty. I, I years wish ago. I can't remember who did it now, but someone did a really good critical breakdown of it. Mm. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it again. But basically, just kind of go back now and watch that movie. Yeah, and with realizing that the reason why boomers loved it and the reason why it won all the awards is because they saw themselves as far as Gump. meaning that generationally again say what you want about generation theory but i think if you're for, for taking it for this like in terms of the large majority of white people born in the years following world war ii they see themselves as at least in the 90s as simple well-meaning folks we we got caught up in a lot of crazy things but we didn't have anything to do with any of that like that wasn't us Mm. like we just kind of bumbled along through life and we didn't hate anybody and you know we got where we are through our hard work and our good hearts like that's what that movie is Mm -hmm. yeah and it's just kind of like you know, or I don't, I don't know about you. you Bobo is my friend, and it doesn't matter that he's black, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Kind of like nonsense. Mm-hmm. And then, like the actual political things that are happening, kind of in the background of the movie, are framed as being like negative. Like Jenny gets involved in radical politics throughout the movie, and like the her, uh, her boyfriend at the time when she's involved in it is like physically and emotionally abusive towards her 
And like Forrest, the good, simple person who doesn't care or know anything about politics has to go in and rescue her from it. That movie is bullshit. Mm. That movie is like top to bottom, just bullshit. Mm. Yeah. And like, I will still hear people be like, oh, it's a good movie. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) well, I think we've kind of mined our, our, current uh, couple weeks dry yeah, of content I think that's about here. Right. Content. <laughs> content. So anyway, um yeah, so thank you all for listening. Um this has been some nerds of a podcast. My name is Alex. My name's Louise. I'm Nick. And thank you for listening.